We're going to watch something, and before we do, I would like to open us in prayer um, this morning. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for who you are and that you have brought each one to this place today that you care so much, so deeply about what we care about. And Lord, I thank you for families. I thank you that you put our families in place. I thank you that you have given us a family of God, that in this family room today that we can enjoy being part of the family of God because that is who we are. And Lord, as we watch this fun little video clip as well as listen to the message that I believe you have had me prepare uh, for this morning, that you would speak to us deeply, Lord, I pray that our hearts would be open to receive everything you have for us. And we love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. How do we keep our balance? That I can tell you in one word. Tradition! of our traditions we've kept our balance for many many years here in Anatevka we have traditions for everything how to sleep how to eat how to work how to wear clothes for instance, we always keep our heads covered and always wear a little prayer shawl. This shows our constant devotion to God. You may ask, how did this tradition get started? I'll tell you. I don't know. But it's a tradition. And because of our traditions, Every one of us knows who he is and what God expects him to do. One day and night must scramble for a living, feed a wife and children, send his daily press and who has a... Isn't that fun? <laughs> yeah, I, I had fun watching that yesterday and... Like, oh, my goodness. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, well, as you can figure, the title of my message is Traditions. <laughs> yeah. We just celebrated a wonderful time with our family, and I hope you did too, friends and family. And many times at this time of year, we have traditions, don't we? We do things a certain way, and they've always been done that way. And sometimes, just like was saying, uh, was saying, I don't know how they started, but I hope that I today can tell you how some of those traditions got started. Um, but anyway, it's just fun to think about what traditions we have. Um, one one um, quote that we heard early on in this little video clip is he says, who he is, and what God expects him to do. That is what traditions allow us to know, is who he is, who I am, and what God expects of me. And so I hope that today we'll discover some of that um, as we go forward. Tradition means the passing on from one generation to another, your customs, beliefs, and values promoting unity and belonging, a sense of belonging. When you have traditions with your family and your family gets together, there's a sense of you are family. This is what you do when you get together. Um, so there is that sense of unity and belonging. Um, also, just like um, 
a family that tries to, you know, bring, when you come together, you try to remain um, in the sense of unity and peace. And yet there could be some squabbles, some um, disagreements, and they can go on for years. And I hope that none of your families have that, right? And there can be a lot of division in families because of it, because of unforgiveness. And yet when we come together, we really do come together for the purpose of unity. And uh, that tradition also is set up by God. Think about it. God set up traditions in our lives for us. The traditions that we have, they tell us who, whose we are. We're part of a family. We're part of a greater family. And even our purpose in, in the Lord. What are we there to do? And as we see the breakup of the family, we can see what's happening today in society that because they don't have the traditions that a long time ago the Jewish people had that were so wonderfully kept. You know, I love the part about the mom and the papa. <laughs> Mama's authority and, and mom or papa's authority and mama is the one that takes care of the home, right? How does that fly in today's society? Oh my goodness. It's like it's crazy, craziness out there. You know, I wonder what people think about when they see this movie that are definitely not living like that today. And yet they have moved away from the family traditions, most likely, or maybe they don't have any. And it's because of their family's traditions, you know, prior to that, the generations um, that preceded them. Somewhere they got left behind. So God created traditions for us, and families are God's idea. God created families. And so for families that have traditions, um, I know that I talked to several of you, and one tradition that I can think about it, um, Keith and Mary, that you have told us about it when you give your gifts for Christmas, the tradition that you have. And everybody has their own tradition that they follow, and I think it's, um, and like I said, not everybody, but many of us have traditions of some sort. But I love that, that you have them. Um, I spent one Thanksgiving many, many years ago when I was 20 years old in England. And now get this. I am a naive 20-year-old. Really am not, I don't have a worldview at all. You know? Do you remember when, what you were like at 20? Well... I was really clueless at 20. So I was really missing my family because Thanksgiving was coming around. And I missed getting together, being with my family. I had been in England for... I was with my sister who was in the Air Force. Living with her um, ended up being about six months. But when Thanksgiving came, we couldn't find a turkey. We couldn't find things to put our with our normal... Thanksgiving um, meal together. We had to improvise. I think we had a gamish um, hen, Cornish, Cornish hen, Cornish hen, gamish hen, Cornish hen. That was our turkey, you know, and we didn't have the typical things that you'd have for Thanksgiving that are part of your tradition. Well, I also was really missing my family back home, and this was before cell phones. We could call all over the world, right? Well, and FaceTime. You know, you can't do that. So I thought, well, because I will send them a Thanksgiving card because I really miss him. So I went to the store looking for a Thanksgiving card in England. <laughs> you got it. So I went and I asked the clerk. I said, do you have any Thanksgiving cards? Because I couldn't find any. And she said, oh, yeah, oh, they're over here. And she sent me to the thank you cards. Guess why they didn't have Thanksgiving cards in England, right? Yeah, there was no Thanksgiving in England. And um, we are so thankful to be out of England at that point. That's why we had Thanksgiving in America, you know. But it was like this, duh, you know. But some people don't have that tradition. Some countries don't have that tradition that we have. And it really kind of took me by surprise. And so um, um, we have... We, we go through life realizing that, you know, with changes in life, we have different tr traditions. 
Um, this Thanksgiving, we have a new tradition at our house. My husband got a um, pit boss grill, and for the first time ever, he did a turkey in that pit boss grill, and it was the best turkey I've ever had. So, guess what? His job is, from now on, makes my job a lot easier, but it was delicious, you know? So sometimes you just start traditions by, you know, just starting something new, doing something crazy and new. Uh, Two years ago, I was in the hospital, and it was a week before Thanksgiving, and I wasn't sure I was going to get home on Thanksgiving, but let alone be able to have a Thanksgiving meal, so my kids went to my house, and the, the, the plan was I was going to be able to get out of the hospital on Thanksgiving Day. And I said, well, I just want to get out so that I can have a nice dinner with my family. And guess what happened? I got out um, early afternoon. My husband took me home. I walked in the door. They sat me down to um, the table, and everything my kids had prepared were at the table waiting for me. And it was, it was amazing. But I learned something. I learned something in the middle of, I mean, it was a horrible hospital visit, just the worst ever. And I don't even want to get into that. But sometimes we end up experiencing just horrible things. But I learned some valuable lessons. My daughter's um, uh, sweet potatoes were better than mine. And the, um, somebody else could make the mashed potatoes. I didn't have to. The, tav- the turkey was amazing. Jared, I think, helped Tiffany do the turkey. And they had put on the best Thanksgiving meal for me, and I didn't have to do a thing. So we, we have a new tradition now. <laughs> Tiffany always brings the, ma- the sweet potatoes, and she loves to make them, right? They're really good. You know, but sometimes you end up having new traditions just because, you know, things change. And for that, you know, I'll never forget that. It was just a change. And my kids are growing up now, and they can do things. I don't have to do everything, every Thanksgiving. So it was really a, a relief. And today, I mean, this last, last Thursday, I made, we had the turkey, and I had the gravy, and cranberries, and olives, and everybody else brought everything else. And it was amazing. And it was delicious. And it was just really nice that you can kind of pass on some of those things that you always do to your kids. And that's what family's about, is passing on the traditions, so to speak. So there's new traditions. I'll never forget this one when I got married. In my family, actually, growing up, my grandma lived with us, and she was Norwegian. And she made this dish every um, Christmas Eve. And the name of it, and I can't even say it because you roll your your tongue, and it's called groat. Anybody here know what that is? It's like a porridge. But she made it every Thanksgiving, I mean every Christmas Eve, and that's what we had um, for our meal. Well, I decided that I'm going to carry on the tradition and make that for my husband, and I had never made it before, and he renamed it. As you can imagine, gross. <laughs> so I never made it again. And I was, dis- I was so disappointed. My tradition of us as a kid that I remembered that was like this endearing thing that my grandma made all the time, my husband hated it. Like, what? Of course, I thought it was kind of gross, too, because I had never made it before. So we had to get our own new traditions, right? Um, You have a change of traditions around the holidays when there's the death of a loved one. Things change in your family, don't they? So if there's loss, there's change. If there's a move, there's changes. Uh, We've moved from um, this side of the country to the other side and back. And some of the things that we loved, Fourth of July tradition, we never get to do that anymore. And so there's some new traditions that we have to, you know, start making. And it's, it's interesting, the traditions that you end up having, kind of by default even, uh, they just happen. And then you carry them over um, year after year because you've done it. So Jeremy, one time he told me this. He was in Seattle going to school, and 
There was one Christmas that he couldn't come home for Christmas. He decided to stay in Seattle. And he missed out on family. And he ended up spending Christmas all by himself. And he said, I will never do that again. Never. Because family is important. When you don't have something, and then all of a sudden, um, you realize, you appreciate how valuable your family is. And the things that are important to you are really, really important to you. And by not having that, or the change even, there can be grief during these times. But when things change or um, you don't have it the same way, there's an adjustment. I don't ever want to be at that place again. I want next year to be better. You know, and so he's always been either with us or now his new family uh, for Christmas. Uh, Tiffany was coming home for Christmas one time, and she was talking to Jared about the traditions that we have at our house. And one of those traditions is I make cinnamon rolls every every Christmas morning. Well, she was talking about it like, Mom makes these every Sunday morning. And I'm thinking, I've made them like, Two, or, or not every Sunday, Christmas morning. I've made them maybe two years, or maybe three, but every. And so she was telling Jared, so Christmas is not Christmas without cinnamon rolls. Oh, I guess I better make cinnamon rolls that I wasn't planning on making that year, you know. So that was kind of funny, but traditions. Um, when I was in England, the last trip that I made before I came home, it was right after New Year's. And I actually came home to this area. I grew up in, in Coeur d'Alene, but came to this area. Um, it was the end of January. But my sister and I, we went on this week-long um, trip to Scotland for New Year's. And we learned a tradition that Scotland has that it was, it just was really neat. And first of all, they celebrate the New Year for a week long. So... That's kind of exciting. Of course, there's a lot of partying that goes on during that week long, right? That's what you know New Year's is about. But um, they have this saying that if it, and this was from way, 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 many, many, many years ago, but this was a tradition, is that if a tall, dark stranger comes to your home, knocks on your door in that week, that meant you invited him into your home, and if he brought you a lump of coal... That was coal for your fire, so it was a blessing for your home for the entire year. So the, the families in Scotland, they would open up their homes to t- strangers, anybody. You didn't have to be a tall, dark stranger. But anybody could go and basically um, share a meal together, just you know, have fellowship together on, during that week. And it was just really a fun tradition that the whole country did. And so there are countries that maybe they don't always have Thanksgiving, but they have other traditions that make them who they are, you know, which is kind of neat. So the Bible has several traditions, and I'm gonna make, uh, there's going to be a little twist a little bit um, with the word traditions, because traditions, remember I said they were teachings, um, they are um, passing down from one generation to the next your your values, your um, stories, even your testimonies. Share those things. I remember listening to my grandmother, and she would tell stories about when she was a kid. And it's like the, the Jewish people, they did that so wonderfully because they just passed those stories down from one generation to the next. And they taught their families about God. They taught them about you know, what God did in, in the Old Testament. We hear all those stories. Well, these stories about, you know, the, the Red Sea, the parting of the Red Sea, the stories of um, the Israelites coming out of bondage from Egypt, and all the stories in the Bible that we read as stories, these were their, um, the tradition was that they were passed down to their children and their grandchildren. And so I can imagine after a meal, they would sit down and they would... Um, they would tell stories, and this was their stories were their lives. And so that's how their traditions were passed down. Also what was passed down is their belief in God, the values that they had as families. And so their families became strong because the values were passed down like this from generation to generation. And think about that. Families that passed down um, 
their generation to generation, the strong families that they have because traditions are passed down, values are passed down. In 2 Thessalonians 2.15, says, So then, brothers and sisters, stand firm and hold fast to the traditions. Some translations say teachings. We passed on to you, whether by word of mouth or by letter. So this is very biblical. Um, I'm going to talk about three different traditions, uh, biblical traditions and um, or teachings. And the first one I'm going to talk about is Passover. Passover, as we know, is a a Jewish tradition. But think about how it applies to us. In Exodus 12, 27, it says, It is the Passover sacrifice to the Lord who passed over the houses of Israelites in Egypt and spared our homes when he struck down the Egyptians. Then they bowed down and worshipped. And so this um, this was a story that was being passed down if, you know, from to generation to generation, the Passover feast it became one of the main Jewish holidays. In the first part of Exodus, um, it says the Lord told Moses and Aaron, "Put blood of a young unblemished lamb on the sides and the tops of the door frames." So the Lord is telling them how to, what to do for this Passover. And then, of course, you know the story: the angel of death passes over those homes, and those homes were protected. Um, from the from the death angel actually passed over the homes, and because of the blood of the lamb, those homes were protected. In Exodus verse twelve, uh, this is twelve verse twelve. On that same night, I will pass through Egypt and strike down every firstborn of both people and animals, and I will bring judgment on all the gods of Egypt. I am the Lord. The blood will be assigned for you on the houses where you are, and when I see the blood, I will pass over you. No destructive plague will touch you when I strike Egypt. So this is something that um, the Lord did for them, but it's also something that they celebrate and they honor this during Passover. It became a Jewish tradition. The Passover lamb... Okay, we think about it. We are covered by the blood, aren't we? Okay, and as we know, um, in John one twenty nine, it says, "Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world." So the Passover Lamb was initiated in the Old Testament. As you're reading the story many many years ago, but God was like a foretelling of what was to come in the New Testament, as um, during Christ's. Um, story about Jesus and you know just reading about these to pass on the stories in the Bible from one generation to the next because you can see Jesus through the stories as he ties everything together it says every there's another sacrifice though besides the Passover lamb and this is um, if you want to read the stories in Exodus 29 um, it says every morning and evening a lamb was sacrificed in the temple for the sins of the people Every morning and evening, a lamb, an unblemished lamb, lamb was a sacrifice for the sin of the people. And so the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, what does that do for us? Jesus sacrificed his life for my sin, for your sin. And that's God's design because he provided a way for the um, Israelites before Jesus was born, he provided that reconciliation to him, that, that um, redemption. And then Jesus provided, as the Lamb of God, provided that redemption for us. The second um, tradition, and I'll just keep with that word, although it's, it's not really a perfect word here, but it's about the Sabbath. How many of us are just plain too busy? Right? Yeah. We're all busy, aren't we? I think the more life goes on, we get busier and busier and busier. And you know something that I don't like to hear about myself? Well, I know I know you're too busy. My husband just said that yesterday. Why he didn't want to ask me to preach. 
Well, I know you're too busy. Well, I had all day yesterday to prepare. To prepare. But it's like that get, ends up being the story of our lives, doesn't it? But yet, um, Exodus 20, 8 through 11 says, Remember the Sabbath day. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son nor your daughter, family, again, nor your male or female servant, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. For in the sixth day the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Even the Lord rested. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy, or set it apart. We are to be made holy, set apart for the Lord. And so in the Sabbath day, see, again, just like um, God created family, God created traditions, he, he created the Sabbath for us. And if we're too busy, we're not resting. First of all, it makes our bodies sick when we don't rest. If we don't sleep well at night, it'll make us sick because our bodies need rest. We're busy, busy, busy doing all week long. And yet we don't rest on that, taking that Sabbath. Then we just keep being busy and somehow our bodies that God created will wear down and break down. So God made the Sabbath for us. And he also made the Sabbath for him. Because if he can have a Sabbath, we should be able to have a Sabbath day and really reflect on everything that God has created us. Take time, acknowledge the Lord, honor the Lord on a day of rest. And many times we have our morning devotions or sometimes in the evening and we do that, we acknowledge the Lord. Um, So that is taking time away, but... For whatever reason, God wants us to keep the Sabbath, remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Maybe that's a little convicting. I know it is for me. And I try to have a Sabbath day. I don't always get a full day. Um, And maybe you do too. But there are some traditions that they hold to that Sabbath, and it's for a reason. They honor one another, and they honor the Lord. So keep the Sabbath day. And then there's another tradition, and again, this this word doesn't really describe um, how I want to explain this. It's about Holy Communion. Many times we see it as a tradition. In this church, we do it once a month. Okay, We have our communion once a month. And, you know, there's a part on the uh, scripture, which I'm going to read in just a minute, where we have to examine our hearts. Because we can be like the Pharisees and just do these things, just do the traditions of life without our heart really being in it. Just like we can take communion without our heart really being in it. But if we have stuff in our heart, then as we partake in that communion, that meal, um, to honor the Lord, and what he's done, his, his blood that was shed for us, his body that was broken for us. If we do that in an unworthy manner, well, you don't want to do that. The Bible warns about that. And so we need to examine our hearts. And just like with any of the other traditions, is it just a tradition? Just because we've read it in the Bible? Or is there a meaning to it? Are we keeping a Sabbath because there is a meaning to it for us? Are we honoring the Lord on that day? You know, are we um, are we remembering the um, the Passover in the sense of remembering what God did for us on the cross? How He sent His Son to sacrifice His life to die for us, and the way we honor that is by surrendering our life to the Lord by believing in the sacrificial lamb, and by surrendering our hearts and our lives for his purposes and not for us, for belonging to the family of God. And with that come all the protection that he gives us, all the deliverance, and the the plan of salvation that is for each one of us.
for eternal life. 1 Corinthians um, eleven twenty three through 25 says, For I received the Lord what I also pass on to you. Interesting, Paul is, has received this from the Lord, and he is passing it on to us. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is a new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. That's why we do a lot of these traditions. We're remembering something. We're remembering family. We're remembering the Lord. We're honoring family. We're honoring the Lord. We're honoring what God has done in our lives. Um, We can have silly traditions that are kind of meaningless, but they might be meaningful to us because we keep them as a tradition in our family. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So the Lord wants this to be a tradition, a regular um, thing that we do to honor the Lord, to remember who God is and what he has done for us. Keep this as a tradition and, um, and remembrance. So I want us to just bow our heads for just a moment. And I want us to search our hearts. Have you accepted the Lord, believing in the sacrificial lamb that was died for your sins? Have you done that? Jesus offers a personal relationship, forgiveness of sin, and eternal life with him to be passed on. Our faith can be passed on to our children and our children's children. So, Heavenly Father, I just ask that if there is someone in here, and I believe there is, that has never committed their life to the Lord, they've never believed in you as their sacrifice, the sacrificial lamb that you provided for them to wash all their sins away and give them eternal life. Lord, I pray for them, and I ask that you would continue to reveal yourself in their lives, in their life, that they would surrender their hearts to you. And that this day would be the first day of the rest of their life because it's a significant day that you have given to them to accept you into their heart as their Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name. Now, if somebody prayed that prayer, or maybe we have done that many years ago, the first thing that we need to do is tell someone. Because that is the passing on of a testimony, but it's part of also, see, God does these things for us. When he brings something to us, it's for us, really. And so when you pass on to somebody else that you accept the Lord, what does that do for that other person? You know, maybe if you, you know, tell me about that. What what happened that you prayed that prayer? Or what does that mean for you? You get an opportunity to share why you did something, but also it ministers to somebody else. So it's not always just for us. It's for somebody else. These traditions are not just for us. They're for somebody else. They continue to grow through generation to generation, continue to be a witness of the faithfulness of God from generation to generation. If God does something in your life, like you've been healed... My goodness, you need to tell somebody about it because that can encourage them and give them hope. If God can do it in Ordy, he can do it in in somebody else, right? He can do it in me. I need healing. Well, I can believe in God, God as a healer because I see that he healed somebody. So that's why we need to pass these on, our testimonies. You pass the traditions of your faith in Christ 
through the Passover, believing in what Jesus has done for you, how he has set you free. God set the Israelites free from bondage from from Egyptians. And he's done the same for us. On the cross, he has set us free from our own bondage, the bondage of sin and slavery to the world, to ourselves. And when he sets us free, we are free indeed. And we need to tell other people that they can be free too. And that's how you um, celebrate the Passover and the Lamb of God. The tradition of the Sabbath day, when you take time out of your week to just be alone with God, to spend time you know, doing whatever you want to do because your body needs it, and you share that with somebody else, or you do that in a, as a family, what is that doing, that tradition is doing? It's speaking volumes to other people. We don't realize who is watching us and what we do. And then as you partake in communion and you evaluate your own life and making sure that you're searching your heart so that you are clean, not only does that affect other people, it affects you, obviously, but as you do that, you affect other people and you can share that with other people. And as you're taking communion, sometimes um, as a family you take communion together. Um, If you have friends over, Thanksgiving is a great time to have communion with family and friends. You know, you're passing on something. Whatever you're doing, whatever tradition that you have in your home, you're passing this on to the people in your home, the people you love, uh, the people that are watching you from generation to generation. And, of course, there are many other traditions in the Bible that um, are part of our faith and being obedient to the Lord that we want need to talk about. We want to talk about tithing. For example, maybe there's somebody that doesn't tithe, but you tithe every single time you get a paycheck. Every single time you get money, you tithe. What does that do when you share that with somebody else? You know, we have a personal testimony of God's provision because we tithed. And I shared this with the women at the the last women's meeting about our daughter, one of our daughters, that she, they had not been tithing. And she gave me permission to share this. Um, but they are tithing now. And they started tithing, and all of a sudden, boom, 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 things started happening for them. They got, they are seeing their home today, Okay, those of you that know that, they're seeing their home today and going to be able to get the keys and move in tomorrow, which is a, just a total act of God. Um, he got a job that he starts first part of December that is amazing. It's just an amazing job. And um, it's like tithing is just such an integral part of what we do. And so when we share our testimonies with other people, maybe it'll speak to them. Maybe it'll, it'll reveal to them, if she can do it, I can do it. You know, sometimes that's all people need to see is somebody else that is living for God in the way you want to, for you to do what you know in your heart to do. So if we keep our faith to ourselves, we can't be that blessing to that other person. We have to share it with other people. So the, we share God's purposes and plans for our life. When we share those with other people, then they can share those with other people, and, and it just continues to go on like a tradition. We pass on to others what we value but what, by what we do and by what we say. How, you're, how you live your life matters, doesn't it? Who are you passing your traditions on to? Who are you passing on your faith your walk with the Lord onto by what you do and what you say, you pass that on. Someone is watching you and waiting for a godly example. I'll never forget 
um, this, I was working in Seattle. This was many, many years ago before I got married. I was working in Seattle and I was just living my normal life. And I would, um, go to the coffee station that we had. I lived, I worked at an insurance company and there were other people usually that congregated there. And so we would be talking, and sometimes I would talk about the Lord to somebody. They knew who I was, that I had married a, somebody that's going to be going to be a pastor. And, um, and then this one lady, after this weekend, um, she came up to me, and she wanted to talk to me. And I had never really had a good conversation with her um, or really any kind of a conversation with her. And she came up to me, and she said, Cindy, I have to tell you what happened to me. I'm like, okay. I mean, I knew her because I met her at the coffee place, you know. And she said, I gave my heart to the Lord. <laughs> you did? <laughs> like, wow. You know, why? like I'm thinking, why is she talking to me? And then she says, the reason I could do that, the reason I did that is because I watched how you lived out your life before God. Lived out your life for God before, before us at work. And like, Wow, somebody was watching. She said, if Cindy could do it, I could do it. That's what she told me. And I had no idea she was watching me. No idea. So you don't know who's watching you. So Christmas is approaching. How about if this year we don't get caught up in being so busy in the hustle and bustle of everything that we don't take a Sabbath I mean, that we take a Sabbath, we don't get caught up and not take a Sabbath, and have that time with the Lord, remembering who God is for us, what he's done for us. As we celebrate his birth, we also celebrate his life. We celebrate his death, everything about it. Why don't we use that this next season for an opportunity to share some traditions with others that we know and love? A tradition that we have here at our church is that on Christmas Eve, we have a Christmas Eve service. And I was talking to a a daughter that's going to be visiting us, that same daughter, and she said, I want to stay at Mom and Dad's house for Christmas Eve because I want to go to Christmas Eve service. That is what we do. That's a tradition that she wanted to do for her family. Of course, it made me go like this, you know. Pretty exciting that that was something that we passed on to her in our traditions. So think of some think of some intentional ways of you can keep Christ in the center of this season, this Christmas season, and be just enjoy your family, enjoy your friends, and enjoy your relationship with the Lord, and not be so busy with the hustle and bustle of everything that we forget the most important reason for the season, right? And as we know, we should be doing this every single day. Every season should be like this. Remembering, actually, let's stand. Okay. Okay. And let's bow our heads. And as we bow our heads, I want you to remember the Passover lamb and the impossible situation like the Israelites faced in Egypt. But God made a way for them. If God can make a way for them, he can make a way for you in your impossible situation right now that you're facing, whatever that is. Maybe it's finances. Maybe it's a job. Maybe it's family relationships. There's so many impossible situations that we walk through, maybe health situations that seems impossible. The doctors have given um, somebody that I know and love not a very good report. But yet God can do the impossible, and that's what I'm praying for them. Maybe that's your situation 
And you want to say today, God, you will make a way where there seems to be no way. And if you are dealing with an impossible situation right now, I would like to invite you up front for prayer because I would love to pray for you this morning. Any kind of impossible situation, anything where you know that this is out of your control and you know that God has to make a way where there seems to be no way. God did it for the Israelites And he's done it for so many other people. He's done it for me time and time again. And he can do it for you. And maybe you're a little convicted because you haven't had time for God lately. Whether or not you've had a Sabbath or not, or not had that time every day to just honor the Lord, sit at his feet, taking time to acknowledge who God is and to spend time with him. He is longing to spend time with you. But you've been too busy. And if you want to make that recommitment today, no matter where you're at, maybe it's just an increase of time, whatever God is prompting in your heart to do, if that is you, if if God is speaking to you, I would like you to come up and cement that up here at the altar, and I would like to pray with you. However God is speaking to you this morning, and when we speak about communion, we are told to examine ourselves. And if you know there's something in your life that you need to be free of, Maybe it's unforgiveness. Maybe it's disobedience. Where God has spoken to you to do something and you have resisted because you're afraid. God knows. You don't have to be afraid. If that is you, as an act of obedience, step out. And by stepping out and coming up here, you're making that leap of faith, knowing that God is going to catch you on the other side anyway. He is never going to leave you or forsake you. And if you're feeling this warm feeling in your heart like God is speaking to you and you're not sure what it is to acknowledge that say here I am Lord I'm listening you know the reason we have communion is to be in right relationship with the Lord, remembering what he's done for us. But communion is about communing, having that relationship, that fellowship. And again, God allows these things for us. He has built us, built in us a system of traditions so that we can draw close to the Lord and he can draw close to us. And he wants to speak to us this morning. And if you're feeling like you don't know what he's saying, you just want to hear his voice, if you want to come up here, I would love to pray for you as well. For any reason. I just want us to wait in his presence for just a moment because I feel like God is really wanting to speak to somebody today or, or many of us today. I hear him saying to somebody, you've lost your first love. 
come back to me. You've lost your first love. Come back to me. I hear him saying to somebody, I will make all things new. The past is gone. The new has come. I will make all things new. I see this beautiful field of daisies, and there's one daisy that is standing out taller than all the other ones. And he says, you are in my field of daisies. You stand out among all the rest because I have chosen you. You don't have to do anything for me to love you. But I love you. I have made you. I will provide for you. You shine for me. Just stand in my love because you are mine and I am yours. And if there's somebody here that they have made the traditions of going to church, of taking communion, of even even having some sort of Sabbath, they really haven't honored you and thanked you for what you've done for them. Now is your time to make, turn that tradition into a deeper relationship with the Lord. Just need to say, here I am, Lord. I want to know you more. I want the traditions that I have observed to mean something. I want you in the middle of my life, in every way, in my family's life, in my work's life, and especially in my heart. I want to honor you with every part of who I am. And if you've prayed this kind of a prayer or any prayers today, I want you to tell somebody. Because that is a part of the tradition of passing it on from one generation to the next. So can I have some music, um, Paul? And I'd like to pray for you up here. And as I do, just pray with me. 